0: I want to talk a little bit about culture. And I have the definition of culture according to the internet here. It's as follows. The arts and other manifestations of human intellectual achievement regarded collectively. It's a bit of a mouthful, so I'm going to repeat that. So culture is the arts and other manifestations of human intellectual achievement regarded collectively. Now, what the fuck does that mean exactly? Well, as far as I'm concerned, if you were to poll people, if you were to ask people what were the component parts of culture... Let's say, just pick Irish culture, because I'm Irish and I live in Ireland, so to narrow it down to Irish culture and make it a little bit more specific and a little bit more tangible. So Irish culture, I think if you ask people, it would be our music, our poetry, our art generally, our news, our education, our sport, our film, our food, all these cultural things for want of a better term it's what makes the irish the irish and you know the yanks of their culture and the brits of their culture and everyone has their own culture but i would imagine that although the list i rhymed off there isn't extensive and i'll repeat it music poetry art and news education sport film food they're the big ones off the top of my head so but there's one that's missing And there's one that I think most people wouldn't write down if I was to ask you to write down the component parts of culture. There's one thing that I think most people won't mention, but that most people would happily include and gladly include once it's actually been mentioned to them. And that's podcasting and podcasts in general. And the reason that I'm talking about this is because I've been, as you can imagine, wrecking my brain over the last um, days, weeks, months and fucking years probably as to what this whole off the lead thing is, why I'm doing it and I'm probably boring you all to fucking tears with it at this stage but you know, it's my podcast and i cry if I want to. There's a saying that I love, me that loves my little sayings and it's politics is downstream of culture and what that essentially means is if there's a cultural shift in the country In time, politics will have to kind of catch up, as opposed to the reverse. I don't think you can change the culture by changing the politics. I don't think if government said, you know, everyone has to start listening to rap music, that Irish culture would include more rap music. You know, Irish people do what it is that Irish people do, and... We reflect on what we've done over time as our culture. And politicians have to appreciate what's happening in the zeitgeist of the country and follow suit to a degree. So if you can change the culture, you can effectively change politics. Not directly, but indirectly. And a lot of people have asked me, you know, would I get into politics? And I'm very tempted to get into politics, but having thought on it quite a bit... I have less and less interest. Put it this way, the more I think about it, the less and less interest I would have. And I think I've said it before for half and I'll repeat it. All right, I'll say it now, should sure, I say? I think that the Catholic Church, for example, needs massive, massive reform. As I do the Irish government, I think it needs massive reform. But I would consider trying to change Irish politics by getting involved in politics I would consider that akin to trying to change the Catholic Church by becoming a priest. And fuck that nice. Okay, now that's a, a stark comparison, but a valid one, as far as I'm concerned at least. Now, podcasting is something that I didn't really get into as much as I ended up doing it. It was never a conscious thing for me to start doing it, really. It was just, I, I, had, a, I had an interest in it, and then I said I'd fucking try my hand at it, and you know three years and 300 plus episodes and fucking 200 hours of content later, here I am still at And again, with the benefit of hindsight, when I look back on it, I'm now of the opinion that podcasting is a new frontier of culture. Like I said at the outset of this recording, most people, if you ask them to list the component parts of Irish culture, they'll rhyme off education, art, m- music, poetry, sport, film, food, the, the usual. But they'll, they'll leave out podcasting. And it's not because they don't think it should be included. It's just because it's so new. And that's why I consider podcasting to be the f- new frontier of culture. And if politics is downstream of culture, the way you change the politics is by changing the culture. And I'm a big proponent of a grassroots change. I would prefer the idea of getting into the hearts and minds of hundreds of thousands of people in Ireland on a national level and changing politics from the ground up, say, as opposed to either trying to get elected myself or supporting somebody that I liked to get elected or recommending other people vote for the person I think is best positioned to run the country From a top down approach. So effectively what I'm saying is. I am involved in politics. By being involved in podcasting. I am actively involved in politics. In the best way that I see fit. Now it might not be the best way. Other people see fit. But you know each to their own. I'm not. I'm not geared. To be a politician. In the way that I'm geared. To be a podcaster. For a start. What is a podcaster? It's a fairly ill-defined term given that it's such a such a relatively new technology. And even though politics has been around forever, it's very hard to nail down on what a politician is exactly or precisely. I mean, being a politician, it's, it's kind of like being Irish. You know, you could be, you know, a, a short, fat, conservative woman or you could be a tall, black, liberal, gay man. Like, you know... the politics and podcasting they're not homogenous things okay there's a there's a very broad spectrum and i don't know where i am within the within the podcasting spectrum and i don't really know what i'm doing and those of you who listen to me regularly you'll know that very recently i've been weighing up whether or not to fucking continue doing any of this and a big component part of of that uncertainty is the general uncertainty that i have in what it is that I'm doing. I never know what I'm going to... I I was about to say I never know what I'm going to speak about. I always have some vague idea of what I'm going to speak about, but I never really know. And that's, I suppose, part of the beauty of what I do. If, If there's one thing that I hear from people more than anything, it's that they love the idea that they don't know what's going to come out of my mouth next. And I quite like that idea as well. But it doesn't come without a downside. There's a there's a negative aspect to it, It's, it's, it's it can be quite stressful, like if I, had, if I knew what I was going to talk about over the next 15 or 20 episodes, it'd be fucking great, it'd take the weight off a little, and I like the idea of injecting a bit of a narrative in what I do, having said that, I also like the idea of each episode being kind of standalone and timeless, so I, I very rarely talk about current events, for two reasons, A, I like the idea of keeping it timeless, and B, I don't stay up to date with current events, so I'm the last person to ask about what's what's current or what's in the news. I mean, typically speaking, what's in the news is broadly encapsulated under current affairs, but something that's current by definition means not all the fucking facts are in. So if you're regularly listening to the news, you're regularly keeping yourself updated with current affairs, you're perpetually ill-informed by definition perpetually ill-informed by definition under the guise of quote-unquote staying informed because that's what people say to me when it comes up somebody will say jays it's terrible what's happening in in turkey isn't it and i go something's happening in turkey Is, is it and they go, yeah, did you not see the big mudslide or whatever? A hundred people are dead and blah, blah, blah. And I was, "Geez, no, I didn't know anything about it. What do you mean you didn't know anything about it? It's been all over the news for the last week. Yeah, fuck, man. I don't watch it or pay any attention to it. What? Oh, my God. Like, I thought you, above all people, would want to stay informed. That's what you always get. People always say, how can you not listen to the news? You know, it's your, it's your duty, basically, to be informed. But as far as I see it, if you're staying up to date with current affairs, which, as I just said, is by definition something that not all the facts are in, you're keeping yourself perpetually ill-informed. It's doing the opposite of what you think it's doing. You'd be far better off getting a grounding in history. And when I say history, I mean starting at the fucking Big Bang and working forward from there. Now, you don't need to know the the minutiae of details, you don't need to know anything about, you know, how quarks interact with fucking protons and neutrons and the subatomic particles and Planck lengths and all these fucking mad astrophysicist things in relation to the Big Bang. You don't need to know any of that, but you do need to know that it happened and you do need to know approximately when it happened because there's a big difference in thinking the Big Bang was 100 million years ago and knowing it was closer to 14 billion years ago. And there's utility in knowing that the Earth is about 4 billion years and that life on Earth is... Fuck, I don't even know, but it, it's in the, the low order of numbers of billions of years. And it's, there's utility in knowing what that life was and what it remained for hundreds of millions of years, if not billions of years. So the first billion-odd years of life on Earth was all fucking molecular, basically. It was microscopic. It was practically non-existent. There was certainly nothing knocking about on land eating and eating food and breathing air that didn't come to much later and moving on from there it's important to know how the earth formed originally how it evolved over time because knowing things like that will give you an understanding as to why there are different animals in different parts of the world why there are no tigers in Africa why there are no elephants in South America like there's there's real simple basic reasons behind all this shit and you might ask yourself, well, what the fuck has that got to do with anything? Have you not heard about the mudslide in Turkey? But without knowing all these different things, you're going to have a, a poor understanding of our own species' evolution and how we migrated out of Africa and across the globe. And I've harped on in previous seasons about Mesopotamia, the Indus River Valley Civilization. Yeah! Fucking nailed it! And all the fucking rest of them. And you might wonder again, like, what's the fucking utility in knowing any of this? But if you want to understand, I was about to say the Israel-Palestine conflict. There is no conflict, by the way. There's one big, giant invading force trying to take over a much smaller country, and that's essentially the end of it. Um, But in order to have any understanding of what's going on over there, you need to know the history as far back as Mesopotamia and Egypt. And the Indus River Valley Civilization. Like, these things are inextricably linked. They're part, of, they're part of our collective history. Not Irish history, human history. Not the West's history, human history. And again, you don't need to know the names of the cities in Mesopotamia. You don't need to know how many people lived in this part and that part and whatever else. You just need to know the gist of it, the fucking sentiment of it. And there's something analogous there to to culture because culture isn't anything specific. Irish culture, even take a component part of Irish culture, take poetry. Irish poetry cannot be defined by a poem. It can't be defined by a fucking poet. Never mind a poem. That's what culture is. It's a big melting pot, it's a big mix of all sorts of shit. There's no one dish that per that perfectly encapsulates the culture of Irish food. There's no chef that perfectly encapsulates Irish food. And the same can be said for sport. There's no game that encapsulates everything that it is to be of Irish sport. And my podcast or the whole authorly platform, whatever it is that I've created here, it's not going to be representative of Irish podcasting culture, but it is a component, part of it. And I'm very proud to be on the cold face of what I consider at least to be the new frontier of culture. And it's right and proper that I don't know what I'm fucking doing. And I suppose that's what I'm circling all the way back around to. I've been really rattling my head over the last fortnight in particular, but on and off for the last number of years with this question, like, what am I doing here? And I keep fucking circling back round. I don't fucking know. And I was getting really frustrated with that. Because you'd think after years and years and years of fucking trying to do something. That you'd at the very least know what you were trying to do. But that's the beauty I think of what it is that I do. I don't know. Nor do I want to really know. It'd be nice. It'd be nice to know. And maybe someday I will know. But I'm going to let that day come. I'm not going to try and force it. Because I think that's what I was maybe... That's maybe what I've been doing more recently over the last couple of months is, is kind of shoehorning it into something that I can manage. But by doing that, I, I lose the essence of it. And that's basically what being off the lead is. Like you let you let the dog off the lead. He doesn't methodically Walk the perimeter of the area you've let him off in. He's just fucking gone, he's sniffing one flare, he's pissing on one tree, he's chasing this dog. He's all over the place, he doesn't know what he's doing, and he's fucking free. And that's what the whole off the lead mentality, I suppose, is supposed to is supposed to promote. It's this idea of, of freedom. The Yanks love their freedom, they're always harping on about how free they are. But there's a great line out of a song, fuck what's the name of it, two sex. Uncle Sam Goddamn by Brother Ali. It's another tune that I'd like to cover. And it's not really part of the song. There's a back, a backing singer kind of repeats it at the end of it. And it's something along the lines of we're not free, we're just loose. And I, I remember hearing that going, oh, that's fucking deadly. We're not free, we're loose. And it kind of per- ties in perfectly with my conceptualisation that the human species has essentially domesticated itself we don't we're not domesticated per se because we can come and go as we please and we can do what we like but in the exact same way we're loose we're not free we're not we're not confined per se by fences and we're not specifically told we're not specifically given what we have to eat there's there's a sense that we have choice but that choice is slipping because you're, and by you're, you're I mean were perpetually being pushed down a funnel and it's getting tighter and tighter and tighter. And you're, whilst being put under the impression that you've got more choice than ever, you've effectively got less choice than ever. Because these days you can just pick up your phone and you can buy anything you want from wherever you want in the world and it'll be delivered to your house the next day but increasingly only on one platform. So people have it in their head that they can go online and buy anything they want. But what they really mean is they can use Google and Amazon to get what they want. So instead of you having the choice of being able to buy from hundreds of millions of people selling all over the world, you've got one internet provider essentially and one logistics company. That's it. And it's probably only a matter of time before Amazon and Google merge and it's just the one cunt that's running everything. Another thing that I've struggled with is, you know, what's the message? What is the what are the key component parts of what I want to fucking get across to people? And again, my answer isn't exactly fucking as good as I'd like it to be, but it's it's better than nothing. And the, the genuine answer is I don't fucking know. But that's the beauty of of what I do. It's 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 the journey, it's it's the effort of trying to find it out. And I've done a good bit of soul searching again over the last week in particular as to what the fuck am I doing here? Am I fucking wasting my time? Would my time be better else put somewhere else? And maybe it would. But again, I never really decided to get into it. I was drawn to start it and I'm perpetually being drawn to keep it up. And it doesn't have to have immediate merit because the merit it will have over time is exponential. The better I get at articulating my thoughts now, the better businessman that I'll be in the future, the better friend, the better brother, the better son, the better fucking educator for want of a better term, the the better at influencing people I become. Because that's another thing that came out of the wash is that list of, of influencers that I made. I've been trying to figure out what they all have in common. And they're all essentially educators, for the most part. Not all of them. But for the most part, out of the 35-odd names that I have, 30 of them are just out-and-out educators. And by educators, all I mean is they're privy to certain things and they spend a good proportion of their time in enabling other people to be privy of the same things and the the general concept is that the more of their knowledge that they can spread around and make ubiquitous the better all our lives would be this notion that a rising tide lifts all boats so in closing i don't know what i'm doing but i'm going to continue doing it and on that note i'll catch you soon